As an investor, you guys should realize that if you come into the mindset of this agent works for me, they need to do all these things for me. What you don't realize is there's 50 of you and there's a there's a packing order for sure. So as an agent, what I'm going to want to do is I'm going to want to work with the person who has done their homework, who knows what they're looking for in a property. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. Today, our guest is Shelby Osborne. And today we're talking all things brokers and realtors for investors. We're talking about should you become a realtor or a broker if you want to become a real estate investor and you're not yet. We get into that. She's very experienced in this space, so she's going to give you her opinion on that. We're also going to learn the key parts of your team that you need to build as a real estate investor. We talk about what you should and what you can expect reasonably from an investor-friendly real estate agent and all things around that. Brokers and realtors are so important to real estate investors. They can help you find off-market transactions. They can help you negotiate your transactions, get all the way through. And we need to make sure we have realistic, reasonable expectations and we know how to connect with the best ones, right? And that's everything that we're discussing today with Shelby Osborne. If you're an Apple Podcast user and you haven't done so yet and you enjoy the show, please take a quick second, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate that so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, that helps me feel good. That gives me the warm and fuzzies because that helps me see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please do share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. This is all about you, your connections, and helping you all escape the Wall Street casino. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. I want to thank you for tuning in today for our interview with Shelby Osborne. Without any further ado, here we go. Shelby, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. It's been great chatting with you so far. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and your business, can you tell us a bit about what you do? And then we will dive into the topic of discussion for today. Sure. I am a real estate investor first and also a broker, the owner of Five Pillars team at EXP and have a slew of agents in my team um, and invest in any strategy Pretty much, I primarily focus on Airbnbs now, but also have just done turnkey flips, lots of the birth strategy. Um, and yeah, so real estate's kind of my jam. Great. <laughs> and you know, today I wanted to discuss with you real estate investing and real estate investors from a broker's perspective and you know why it's important for us as investors to understand the perspective of brokers so that we can obviously you know do more deals and make more money. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So the question that people always ask normally is that if I am investing, should I get my license myself and do it myself? Right. It's a pretty Good normal question. question. Yeah. Very yeah. <laughs> um, and I would say it completely depends on your goals. So if like me, I was in the military for six years, I decided to get out of the military to pursue real estate full time and knew that it was my full time gig and investing was my focus. But I also needed a way to generate active income to fuel my passive. And so for me in particular, it made a lot of sense. My goals were nested and all of my activities that I did to lead generate 
also filled into opportunities for off-market deals, for interacting with more, just more flow of people. And with people comes opportunity. So for me, it made sense. If you are not getting, you know, leaving your job and full-time pursuing being an agent, I would recommend not getting the license because what people don't realize is that being an agent is actually a lot of work and it is very intricate work specific on your market. So if you are thinking that you're just going to get your license and all an agent does is open a door and write one contract and sees you at closing, that's where the the expectation is not reality. So um, it's much better for you to find an investor savvy broker in that specific market, someone who knows what offers are going to be competitive, what you need to put down in regards to deposits or, you know, addendums to waive inspections, all that stuff, or else you're going to be spinning your wheels and wasting a ton of time getting frustrated and never earning back that, what you think that you're saving on your 3% anyway. So that is a, a the, I'm glad you mentioned that at the end there, though, a lot of folks are going to counter or say, well, hey, I get to save, you know, 3% on uh, doing a deal, closing a deal. So why shouldn't I go for it? It's only going to cost me such and such thousand dollars to go through the whole process. And also by doing the, you know, education to get licensed, then, you know, I'm going to learn about real estate through that. Aww. What are your thoughts about that? Is it worth <laughs> the saving? And then Dude, it's so, yeah, it's does so the training help? People. Yeah. People think that um, the getting your license will help you you know, be an agent, what you'll find agents actually talk about this all the time. It's like, when you're getting your license, they're teaching you like the bare minimum that you need to know to not end up in jail. It's not not actually teaching you how to be an agent at all. People get their license and they're like, I'm so excited. Now what? And it's like a whole different world out there. So that is my, it's, you're not going to learn the stuff that's going to make you more competitive. And then the, the other is the time is money, man. And the opportunity that is lost when you could have a great deal, but you don't understand what you need to do to be competitive in this market. And you're just throwing a spaghetti at the wall and hoping that it sticks. It's like, yeah, in theory, if you knew everything that you needed to know, you could save money on, you know, the buy side, the, the sell side and all of that. But what I found time and time again, it's, it's people lose money and then waste time and end up coming back to an agent anyway. Like I'll have agents outside of, you know, my markets hit me up and be like, Hey, look, I am an agent and in the same state as you, but I want to invest in this market. And I don't know the intricacies of it. Please like do your job type of thing, you know? Mm, okay. okay. Does that make so sense? <laughs> yeah. So I just want to make sure we, we really drill it down. So if folks are out there and they want to go full-time real estate investing and to them, that, that means they acknowledge they're going to have to be very active. Then it's, then it's like a maybe, but if it's, you want to build passive income, you just want to invest right. on the side, right. then, then no, don't do it. Yes. That's, I, I firmly stand by that for sure. But I mean, everyone do you boo boo. You're going to do like <laughs> makes you happy, like support. Everyone's different. So. Well, no, I mean, I think it's, it's good to listen to the experts, right? Especially when, you know, if you're, you're brand new, you don't know which way to go. Doing the right things is important and not wasting time and money. Right. So it's so important, especially if like the listeners goals are to save the time, if they are invested in other, other day-to-day activities. I talk about how the importance of a team 
frequently I actually gave a class on Saturday about, you know, one of the factors was importance of a team, because when people are starting out in real estate, there is so much to learn. You'll be super overwhelmed. And what I found is people are shy. They're nervous. They don't want to say that they don't know something, but if you use the key players in a real estate transaction at their fullest capability. When you don't know something about insurance, call the insurance provider. Like you can call the agent. Sure. But uh, me, what I would do is I would then in turn, put you in touch directly with the subject matter expert. And that's going to get you the real time information. It's going to cut the learning curve and you're going to have the best end result by talking to the insurance provider, by calling the inspector, by calling the contractor, the attorney, uh, or the paralegal in particular. And that will save you so much time for sure. So I think it would be good in that, you know, realm to ask what is reasonable for an investor, say an out of area investor to expect to get from their realtor and and what is unreasonable. I think sometimes out of state investors can especially newer, I don't want to be I don't want to be too harsh, but can expect hey, all I have to do is find the the golden investor friendly realtor and uh, they'll basically do everything for me. I just need to bring them money. But is that reasonable? Dude, this is such a fun podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Um so if you are if you do your homework and your legwork, then that will set you up for success. So because um I've branded myself and my team as the investor savvy team, we have experienced exactly what you're talking about. We have new people off bigger pockets all the time hitting us up like, I'm a newbie. I know nothing. I want to invest. And then the expectation is set that because we're investor savvy agents, it's our job to train you from the ground up, teach you everything that you need to know about to be an investor. Um, Also find you the perfect deal. Also get you the rehab and set up that timeline for you. Every piece of the puzzle, whereas um, it took not too long to realize that that's very difficult. You can do that with one client, but if you have 50, there's no way that that's going to happen. And then as an investor, you guys should realize that if you come into the mindset of this agent works for me, they need to do all these things for me. What you don't realize is there's 50 of you and there's a, there's a pecking order for sure. So as an agent, what I'm going to want to do is I'm going to want to work with the person who has done their homework, who knows what they're looking for in a property, has lined up their financing or comes to me and says, this is what I want to do. Do you have a contact for this financing? Hell yeah. If this person comes ready in all of those ways and also respects my time and understands that when I'm out running around and looking at six properties, that's, you know, potentially six hours, then those people are going to get the good deals. When someone calls me and a wholesaler says, Shelby, I got this off-market property. It's awesome. Who do you know? You want as the investor to be the first call. Nice. Does yeah, that make absolutely. sense? So like, yeah. It and does. That's, that's what clients don't realize. <laughs> we choose actually who gets the deal. You gotta like, we gotta like you. <laughs> and it, if you were, uh, if you were in the position where you're putting all the deal together and just basically handing it off to somebody, it wouldn't be a very smart business model. You're making what 3% where if you're going to put the whole deal together, shoot, you might as well do it yourself and, and move further myself, up the chain, yeah. make more money. Why not? Yeah. And I've definitely been there. Like I've definitely put complete deals together. I used to do that, especially just starting out when you don't have as many clients and your clients aren't as savvy, then I'll find, oh shit, like I got to close another deal because I got to get that commission check to pay for my own X, Y, and Z. Um, I, I have 
done that. I've, you know, pulled all the comps for the, you know, ARV, but also for rent rates. If they're doing like a burn, put together the entire package, do the bigger pockets calculator and send them like with a bow on it. Um, but the expectation should not be that. Um, and we actually developed a screening system essentially because we had so many people running in, like flooding in that when we get an inquiry, it's the same first email every single time where it's like, thanks so much for reaching out, um, attached our action steps to becoming a successful real estate investor, as well as a getting started questionnaire and information on our market. So the action steps take you through literally listen to X amount of podcasts on these topics, call lenders, call like, literally it's like, here's your homework. And then the getting started, um, questionnaire is like, have you done the action steps? What is your investment um, experience? What are your goals? What are you looking for in a property? And if they can't fill that out, it's like, if you don't know what you're looking for, I can't find it for you. So it kind of like immediately filters a lot of people out through that way, which is, has been helpful. <laughs> so uh, yeah, as a broker, your, your, your time is money as anybody's time is money, totally. but especially in a, in a heavy commission-based uh lifestyle or, or, or business model. You're, and we want to help money. everyone. We really do, but we want to help those who also help themselves. So you mentioned uh, a bit earlier, you want to be the, the person that the broker thinks of first when they get that off-market deal coming your way, you mentioned the action steps that are available, but you know, what else you want to be top of mind. You don't want to just be middle of mind. Hey, this guy, you know, took these initial steps. You want to be number one. I know this person can close a deal. How can you really take it to the next level to be top of mind for, for a broker? I would say if you are grateful, <laughs> grateful really does help. And then also if you read what we give. So, okay. The first email we give you is action steps, getting started questionnaire and info on the market. Once you fill that out, you get the second email, which is um, they how to fill out a bigger pockets calculator, how to estimate renovation costs all your list of preferred vendors that you will need. And so we we're really big on providing information. So if you really want to be the favorite, then you would actually take into account the information provided instead of, I'm not going to read that. Shelby, what's the, what do I do here? And I'm like, I just told you. <laughs> so that, that is one. But the other one I would say is, and this is, gosh, I don't want to just turn this into, I love people and in, like, this isn't a bitch sesh, I promise. <laughs> but the the other thing that I would say that would really set you apart is if you build relationships like in person, if possible. So like, I remember over anyone else, the freaking guy who I, who came to our meetup, we do pints and properties real estate investors meet up. We have several locations now. Um, also, if anyone wants to start up their own, we have a checklist. It's free. I'll send it to you. You can start in your own city. But we have these meetups and that's where you like, you're networking with people and it's not stuffy. It's just like, okay, yo, like, what are you actually going through a real life scenario? What are you struggling with? And like building relationships like that will, will make you stand out for sure. Just be, be likable be fun. <laughs> So that's something I did uh, myself a few years ago, started a meetup uh, in my city of Richmond. I know other folks who have started their own across the country. And for newer folks attending uh, networking events, this is myself included when I first got started, right? I had no idea what to do or I, I don't, anything. I you know, was just basically walking in entirely blind. I know how to totally. talk to people, but that's just about it. Yeah. In your experience, what should folks know when they first go to a networking event like that? And, and what should they look to accomplish at those events, especially the first one, right? Because it can be daunting. Yeah, super daunting. Okay, so 
before you go, realize that no one really knows what they're doing in this whole world. <laughs> Everyone is just making it up as they go and trying to do the best they can. So you've literally nothing to be intimidated about. Usually the people at meetups are pretty cool. And like, I haven't, I, I don't know. There's some people suck, but most people don't. So that's the first thing. Get your mind right. The next thing I would say is if you're nervous, that's okay. Other people are too. So when you come in the room, look around and look for the person who looks the most miserable. Maybe they're standing by themselves. Go up and say hi and be like, hey, I am also miserable because I don't know anyone. Let's go take this on together. And then at least you have someone to walk up because you'll see real estate investor, they turn out to be little circles really fast where it's like people are just talking and you're like, how do I get in there? Um, so you, know, you and your buddy can kind of go take on the world together. Or if you really want to get fancy... Uh, most of these meetups are online. So if you wanted to go to see like the event, see who else is going and just message a few people and be like, yo, like, I hope this isn't weird. This is my first meetup. I kind of just want to have someone that I can go up and say hi to like, hi, uh, I'll see you tonight. And just having that little bit makes you more comfortable. Um, but in regards to like intent. So what I found is that you should listen more than you talk, ask questions and be genuinely interested in people. If you're like, everyone just wants to talk about themselves. <laughs> so if you go and you're like, Hey, like you're investing, what do you do? How has that been working? You're going to learn so much just by being genuinely interested in other people. The old Dale Carnegie. Trick. Yep. So I would like to dig a little bit more into building teams because uh, whether it's real estate investing or hosting a podcast or any other things that the team really makes all, all of the difference um, in my experience, but we touched on it a little bit, uh, members of the team that you recommend folks reach out to, but I want to make sure we really cover that in a little bit more detail. So let's dive into that and who should folks look to get on their team in addition to an investor-friendly broker slash realtor. Yes. I would say the broker slash realtor is the first one for sure, because they generally know all of the rest of these people, but the, in regards to being an investor, people that you need to get to know and be friends with. Um, a lender is definitely always a good place to start because you're going to need money for your deals. And with that lender piece, you got to figure out whether you're going to invest in your personal name or whether you plan on investing in an LLC, because those are generally two different lenders or requirements for lending. Um, so a lender for sure. And then I would get a contractor. That's another big one. I'm like looking at my list of my team here. <laughs> Uh, a contractor is so freaking huge and they're so hard to come by the good ones. They're always completely slammed and they usually start out really good when they're small. And then they, because they're so good, they get slammed and you never hear from them again. And it's really, it's really sad. So <laughs> having a contractor, another thing with a contractor, what you should do is when you find one, this is the key to actually everything. This is how I learned in the very beginning is you find people who know what they're doing. And then you're like, Hey, can I just follow you around? I know that sounds creepy, <laughs> but I literally did that. I'd be like, Hey, like, I don't know anything about rehab. Can I come and can I just watch? I promise I'll be quiet. I'll stay out of the way and like, just watch. And then they'll be like, Oh, do you have any questions? And you can talk, you can ask questions. You get that hands-on experience. I did the same thing as a broker too. I picked the, the top performers and was like, Hey, uh, do, I'll just be really quiet and sit in a listing appointment. Can I just come with you? And they're like, yeah, sure. Um, so if you do that with your contractor, you should do that with your agent too. It's like, yo man, you're going to go walk houses for someone else. Totally cool. Can I just come? 
you'll learn so much from the, literally the, the minute you got out of the car, the agent's going to be telling you, yeah, start at the roof. You're going to make sure that the, make sure the shingles look good because the roof is one of your biggest expenses. Oh, does it have gutters? Do you know about exterior wood rot? Like how that deteriorates? Like you are going to learn so freaking much from that. Um, and then property manager, that would definitely be another one. There's a, I'm looking at the list. There's like a bunch of people on here, but those are like your keys. If you can have an agent, a contractor, and then a property manager, you're going to be golden. That property manager trust, but verify my friends. (laughs) I'm going through some struggles right now where Uh I've trusted a little too hard and I went back and verified and I'm like, holy, you know, So, um, yeah, just make sure that what you put your eyes on is what's going to excel and what you choose to not pay attention to will grow into chaos. And as long as you know that and live that, then the results are what you chose. (laughs) I apparently chose chaos. (laughs) We're getting back. Well, one of those, one of the big advantages of networking around is particularly with property managers, you can really ask people because uh, Mm -hmm. the contractors are one thing where somebody has a good contractor, they're probably not going to tell you who it is, but if they have a good property manager, they'll, they'll probably tell you who their good property manager is. And they'll tell you who the bad one is too. For sure. Lots of fun experiences that people have gone through at the meetups. So you got to go to the meetup and make those, build those relationships for sure. What do you think about this is one that I particularly struggled with uh, years ago at the beginning, having business cards. Do you think that's that's relevant? Is it too preliminary? Because everything in business, no matter what, is it's all about the follow up, right? Yes. So should a newbie print business cards out for themselves or no? I don't think so. So I have I have business cards in my Airbnbs next to like a little frame that says you want to buy, sell, or invest nationwide. I think that that's applicable. But if I'm meeting someone in a real estate in like an investor's meetup and we're about to share contact information, I'm going to say, this is, I actually do this. I'm like, Hey, I got a digital contact card. What's your number? I'm going to share it with you. And then I share my contact card with them, which means that I got their phone number and the contact card, they're going to open it, save it. And it has my phone number, my email, my Instagram, my Facebook, my team's website, all the things are right there in their phone. And I have their number. That's the key. You can never count on anyone to say, yeah, I'll send you that tomorrow. Sure. They're not probably 99% sure they're not going to. But if you have their contact information and you share the number, you make a quick note, you have to make a note um, and put it on your list. However, you follow up on things, then you can reach out and be like, hey, just a reminder, any chance you could shoot me that X, Y, and Z when you have a moment? Thanks. I like that a lot. That is definitely one that I'm going to use because I I don't like using business cards. It's kind of a necessary, or I saw it as a necessary evil and print them out and then decide you want to change a color on your branding or you could get a new logo or something. Shoot, now I have 500 extra business cards, but that's my old logo. So I can't use it anymore. With the digital business card, that problem goes away. Yes. Totally. All of that. And people, a lot of people will get into, I think I'm supposed to do it this way, but if you just accept to be the weirdo, like then it's cool. (laughs) And people don't question it. If you embrace it, if you make it weird, then they're like, oh yeah, they're weird. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, as we stand here, it's off, it's off camera, but I have a a bookshelf or a, a chest of drawers over here that has thousands upon thousands of other people's business cards in it and some of whom I've followed up with and made connections with, but many of them I've, I never talked to again because it wasn't a good fit right. or whatever. And mm-hmm. this digital, digital business card strategy, that's one I'm going to use because yeah, no, I, I like that. that yeah, good. <laughs> learn, learn a lot today. All right. Right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. 
Have you ever wanted to invest in the private lending and debt side of real estate? You might find that going out and finding borrowers on your own is tough. When you find a borrower, you have the task of evaluating their plan all on your own. And the traditional way of lending private money highly concentrates your risk because you'll probably be funding the whole rehab loan on your own. That meant writing loan checks well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, placing a lot of risk in individual borrowers and properties. Not to mention, there's a lot for you to know in terms of how to structure these loans so that you can help protect yourself and work with the borrower in your interests. Now, there's a new way to invest in the debt side of real estate that turns the private money lending space on its head. You can invest in a variety of debt instruments with this new platform with as little as $10 in each opportunity. You can diversify your investment across a wide variety of borrowers, geographies, and asset types. This new platform is called ground floor. They make it easy to invest in either your name or using your self-directed IRA. And if you don't already have a self-directed IRA, don't worry. They make it easy to get started and get one opened. Go to www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor to get started or click the link in the show notes. See the ground floor site for full terms and details of what they offer. Once again, that's www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor, or click the link in the show notes. Back to the show. All right, Shelby, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Relationships. For real. It's um, people have the money, people have the opportunities, people have the deals, and you want to be their first, first of mind. Absolutely. And it's very much um, on the theme of our discussion today. We had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? I uh, bought a 160-year-old house. And (laughs) so it's the um, renovation that comes along with that is always so much more than you expect, even when you think you're expecting the worst. (laughs) Um, So that has been an absolute lesson learned and drug on forever and busted timelines and way more money. So be careful when you're buying the old ones, guys. (laughs) So was there, would there have been a way to, even though you were, you know, working to be conservative, was there something you could have done differently ahead of time to, to be properly conservative? Um, not in regards to the numbers. I don't think some of those things you really just can't know until you're in it. Um, but what I did not do well was I was living in Charlotte and the project was in Fayetteville and I was using my general contractor as the project manager. And it took me too long to make the change to implement and put a project manager on top of him. Um, because I needed, I needed more pressure without me physically being there. And that's something that I waited too long on. So if you are at a distance or you feel like you don't have the time to stay on people like you should, you got to put someone in place for that um, or else the, the project will never get done. Nice. Glad we dug a little bit more into that. My favorite yeah. question <laughs> here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Uh, find a way to win. This was a, a saying from my my brigade commander actually back in the day when I was a lieutenant. And he used to say it all the time, find a way to win, find a way to win. And that was in field artillery in the army. But I think about it constantly. It's like when presented a problem, you're going to hear no about 10 times before you hear a yes. And that's the way it is in life all the time. It's like, don't stop at that first no. Find a way. There's a creative solution. There's someone you can talk to. There's a workaround. Just got to find a way to make it happen. 
Nice. Nice. I like that. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today and bringing us all of these lessons. If folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch with you, they want to learn more about uh, your business or anything like that, where can they track you down? You can go to fivepillarsrealty.com or real estate with Shelby Osborne on Instagram is a great way or Facebook, but Instagram probably more. And that's it. <laughs> great. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. We'll tag you on Instagram uh, when our posts go out regarding this episode. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate that so much. That helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem because that way they know you're engaging with the content and all that stuff. And I always tell you guys, I'm always honest. That helps me feel good because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.